In this episode of our Women in Real Estate Success Stories podcast series, Lisa Webb, a partner in the Planning and Development Department and a member of the Executive Board at Gerald Eve, talks to Rebecca Ashton, a senior associate in the commercial real estate team. Lisa provides an insight into the challenging yet inspirational decision that shaped her career when she merged her company Mosley and Webb with Gerald Eve in 2007, and what she's learned from this and her years in the industry. Thanks, Claire. So this is the latest in our Women in Real Estate Success Stories series, where we talk to inspirational women in the property sector, which is a notoriously male-dominated industry, just to get top tips, tricks, and more background to successful women's careers. Today, I'm joined by Lisa Webb, who's a partner in the planning and development team at Gerald Eve. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for joining. It's probably best if we just kick off by getting some more background about your career to date. I know you founded the very successful Mosley and Webb and then merged with Gerald Eve and then have been very successful there as well. So over to you. Thanks, Rebecca, and thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, so in terms of my career, um, I started my first job back in 1995 in a small retail planning consultancy called Orsop Beryl who primarily did supermarket development around the country. And it was a a really small practice for a lot of the time that I was there. It was just me and and Malcolm Allsop. And I learned a huge amount. I had great experience, you know, having to run projects from a very uh, early stage um, on my own and deal with clients from an early stage. And it was really sort of in at the deep end. And when I look back, the experience I got in those four years, I think really kickstarted my career. And then I moved into what I do now, which is central London development planning, um, when I moved to JLL. um, And I met my future business partner, Hugh Mosley at JLL. He was running the central London planning team there at the time. And I found the work really exciting. I couldn't believe I was able to work on such sort of landmark projects like um, Central St Giles with architects like Renzo Piano and sort of half of Covent Garden for the Mercer's estate. And and I really started to sort of enjoy my job and see my sort of future uh, career potential in planning. And then Hugh and I decided to to leave JLL and we set up Mosley & Webb as a sort of niche central London planning consultancy in 2003, along with one of the other associates who'd been working with us. And pretty much all our clients came with us. And it was such great fun just setting up and running your own company. Sadly, Hugh died. For those who don't know, Hugh died in 2005 in a plane crash, which was a a huge shock. And obviously, tragedy. He wasn't just a fantastic business partner. He was also a, a very, very good friend. And as you can imagine, I had to dig deep, but did continue to sort of grow and run Mosley and Webb with Sally, who had worked with us and some new colleagues who, who we brought in. And remarkably, the business continued to go from strength to strength, but it was sort of proving to be a bit of a challenge to resource the projects and, and to recruit. And so in 2007, I decided to merge with Gerald Eve and went in, joined Gerald Eve as, as an equity partner. A number of other businesses had sort of approached me over the years, but I'd been working alongside Gerald Eve on, on a number of projects um, with Hugh Bullock and the team and you know, really liked people and really liked the sort of partnership culture that Gerald Eve had. It, it felt very similar to the way that I sort of did business and, and the way we operated at Mosley and Webb. And so that was 16 years ago. And um, everyone kept telling me when I went there, oh, it's going to be a huge culture shock going from such a small company, but it really wasn't. I walked in, logged in, went to a meeting and and have really never looked back. And and as you said, Rebecca, I've been on the executive board now of Gerald E for the last 
nine years. And you might have just seen in the press, we've recently become a new mark company. So we're now part of a larger corporate entity, but that partnership culture that sort of attracted me all those years ago is still really important to us and, and really makes the company sort of what it is. Thanks. It's fascinating to hear about such a varied career and being in such a range of different companies, both sort of very large and then much smaller. And I'm so sorry to hear about Hugh as well. Um, I didn't I didn't know about that before today. I suppose, what do you enjoy most about your role? What's best on the day-to-day job? I know there's probably a lot of management headaches being so high up in a company, but I know you, you thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel really lucky with my career. I feel really lucky to be able to work on some of central London's most exciting developments. You know, I'm working with top clients like Landsec, British Land, Stanhope, um, to jump into name, you know, just a few and, and a whole host of, of amazing, you know, world leading architects. So it doesn't really get much better than that. My day to day work is really diverse. So I've been involved in all sorts of projects. So anything from city towers to major new life science developments, uh, which there's a lot more of these days, to things like the New Museum of London, the British Library, big new residential neighbourhoods. You know, the, the list is really endless and and every project is completely different. One thing I really enjoy as well is the fact that you can make a difference. And I know that may sound a little bit like being a bit of an idealistic grad, but more and more projects these days are focusing on being genuinely inclusive. And a lot of the work that I'm doing is around how these projects can actually improve the life chances of the residents and local communities who live near them. I find that really rewarding part of of the work. And then finally, the people. I mean, it's such a people industry. I love working with the great people across the the industry, whether they be clients, project teams, local authorities, um, and, you know, of course, all my colleagues as well. I think being in the property industry, it is a fantastic place to be to work on a really wide variety of really exciting developments and exciting projects with fantastic people and innovation is a massive part of the industry everyone's always trying to seek the best development the best project learning from the previous ones and making residential developments the best place to live office developments best place to work and retail the best place to to visit it does feel forever evolving and that's one of the things that I really like about being in the property industry as well yeah absolutely it's 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 really exciting and it's always changing It would be really interesting to hear a bit about your time with the City Property Association. Obviously, I'm on the CPA Next Gen Committee and very involved there. And I know recently on the annual lunch, you got a big send off at the end of your tenure as treasurer. Obviously, you've been very involved in the city through the CPA and generally in the day job as well. So it'd be great to hear some more about that side of your role. Yeah, sure. So I joined the CPA board in 2006 at a relatively young age, hence, despite the big send off, having having been on it for the last 17 years. So for those who don't know what the the City Property Association is, it's a member organisation for owners, investors and advisors in the City of London. And it supports members and lobbies in the industry's interest, whether that be through planning policy, which I was obviously closely involved with or, or other matters. Um, And being on the board was great. Um, I mean, really meant that I was at the heart of discussions with senior officers and members at the City of London, as well as being around the table with senior leaders in the industry. So, you know, it's, it's been a fantastic experience. A few years ago, the CPA, with its sister organization, the Westminster Property Association, formed 
the umbrella organisation, the London Property Alliance, which sort of really reflected that the central London market had moved beyond the traditional areas of the city and West End. And given the work that I've been doing in, in life sciences, which I sort of referred to earlier, um, I now chair the Alliance's Camden Working Group and Knowledge Quarter Liaison Group, which bring together key developers in Camden. And we liaise regularly with senior officers and members at Camden Council. So it's, it sort of moves beyond the sort of city and Westminster now, which is great. Um, and as you just said, Rebecca, that the, over the last few years, the organisation has been developing its next gen network. And you know, it's been amazing to see that develop as it has. It's, it's hugely popular and is going from what I can see from strength to strength and really enabling the sort of next gen in the industry to get involved in industry matters, but also to make a really fantastic network as well, you know, for those earlier in their career. And I should probably say, even though I no longer have a vested interest, no longer being treasurer, it is a, a very good organisation to join if you're if you're active in central London, and I would highly recommend it, <laughs> as I'm sure you would too. Yes, I, I also have a vested interest and also say <laughs> definitely sign up, come along to the events. The CPA is doing a fantastic job and we often host joint events with the CPA and the WPA, um, which are really good to come along to. I suppose moving on to the main topic of the podcast and about being a woman in the property industry in particular, I'll be interested to hear if you've experienced any particular challenges in your career to date, and if so, how you overcame them to be as successful as you are. From my recollection, I think you might have been the first female partner on your merger with Gerald Eve, and so I'm sure that you must have driven a lot of the change that's happened there to date. Yeah, thanks. I mean, as you probably appreciate, Hugh's death was probably the biggest challenge that I've had in my career. And I mean, honestly, at the time, I was not sure what I was going to do. I just landed in Argentina had on holiday. So I spent two days like wandering around Buenos Aires, just thinking about every scenario um, under the sun. And he was 15 years older than me, so brought a lot of experience to the partnership. So, I mean, to cut a very long story short, having gone through all the options, I decided to sort of dig deep and continue to to run the business myself. And I really appreciated the fact that our clients were happy to stick with me and trust me with major projects like the whole of Victoria (laughs) uh, for Lansac, for example. So I guess I must have been doing something right up till then. And I think I would say confidence is often talked about in terms of holding women back. I think it's very easy for women not to believe in themselves, but we are much more resilient than we think. I think if you'd asked me what was going to happen, I would never have believed it. But I guess I was forced to face into it. And I know I certainly came out stronger and I was able to prove to myself that I could do it. So I think that's that's been a real, a real lesson in well, life and and career, actually. And yet you're right, I, I was the first female equity partner at Gerald Eve, which was had its challenges as well. But um, and, you know, sort of sitting around a table of, of EPs who were, were all male and, and somewhat older. But I had, I had really good support from from colleagues like Hugh Bullock, who, who went on to become our senior partner. And as we said earlier, being in the property industry introduces you to that at an early stage. So I was pretty used to being the only woman in the room by that stage. But, yeah, we've been doing an awful lot since then to sort of develop uh, women's careers and, and, and really look at the gender balance in the firm. I think it's fascinating what you said about resilience and confidence. I see a lot of women who at those those turning points and moments in people's careers or, or lives in general, they fail to back themselves enough. 
And there's that point where you can either have confidence, throw yourself in, go full full steam ahead, or you cower back and then everything just fades away. And I think it's really important to have conversations like this and women like you to look up to, to show women in the industry that they should back themselves. If you think you've got 50%, 60% of the, the qualities that you need to be a success, then still go for it. You don't need to be 100% every I dotted, every T crossed before you run at something. And so it's amazing that you turned such a horrendous experience into not the career blocker, but just an acceleration almost. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And yeah, I mean, it, I, I sort of had no choice in terms of dealing with it, um, but it, it yeah, taught me an awful lot. And I think you're absolutely right. I think as women, we do tend to not have that confidence and not not put ourselves forward, not believe in ourselves. And it's absolutely something we all need to be doing more. So with being obviously the, the first female equity partner at Gerald Eve, you were the only women in those senior rooms. I know there's a perception that the property industry is very male dominated and historically it was the case and you experienced it. Do you think that bias is now shifting? Are you seeing more women at the top? Do you think any bias exists within sectors that's holding people back to reaching those top tiers? Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly changing, but I think it's still male dominated. I think we probably all agree with that. And it's challenging to change that quickly, I think. You know, as a firm at Gerald Eve, we've significantly increased the number of women in the business over the last 10 to 15 years. We've got now a, a fantastic pipeline of females coming through into more senior roles. And I, I really hope that we will see gender balance at all levels in the not too distant future, because it's that challenge about getting women into senior positions, which is really the, the key challenge. We appointed our new COO, Kate Morgan, last year. So she joined us. And the heads of our HR, business development and finance departments are all female. So, you know, we've got some really good female role models in senior roles around the firm, which is fantastic. And as I say, really important. And, and when I joined in the planning department, I was also the only female partner. But now we have seven female partners in the planning team out of 17. So, you know, good progress um, and, and many more coming through the pipeline as well. And it is a little bit easier in planning because there are more women in, in planning and in, in that sector than in some of the more traditional areas of the business, like the transactional area, for example. But we, we are also sort of working hard to address address those areas as well. And, and I think for me, I would say what I've seen and learned is that providing the right environment for women and crucially providing the flexibility for women to continue their careers after having children is really the key to keeping women in the business and enabling them to get to those senior roles. And I think the work we've been doing over the last sort of 10 or so years has, has proved that you can do that, but there's obviously still more to be done. With, with the flexibility side of things, it's really interesting seeing how women who maybe would have struggled to have come back full time, for example, after having children or having similar pulls on their time, how they can now have a really successful career and a really successful home life through remote working. And that COVID, however much it's um, 
got its negatives, it did spark that change and accelerate it so much quicker. And I feel very lucky that I'm able to do remote working. I can go and see family down in Bath. I've got two nephews who I see a lot more of than I would have done if I'd had to have been in the office five days a week. It it really helps. It really does. I mean, we'd started flexible working um, prior to, to COVID. We'd also introduced core hours. So we were sort of moving in that direction. But you're right that the real sort of embracing remote working has made a big difference, I think, and, and really helping women, but actually all parents in terms of managing that sort of balance between home and um, and work. Yes, it's good to remind yourself that it's not just women who have that issue. And in a way, a lot of men are now experiencing a much better balance and it doesn't feel as firmly within sort of female and male roles um, and stereotypes that a lot more men are now taking paternity leave and having shared parental leave schemes is really good as well. And it's useful to see everyone taking the same approach, not just women having to fight the good fight. No, absolutely. It's really important. Yeah, I completely agree. It would be helpful to talk about some of the initiatives that you're involved in in the property industry as well. I am very lucky to be part of your Hop Hop networking, and that sort of connects women in the property industry through remote half hour chats every fortnight. I don't know whether you want to explain a bit more about it. Yeah, sure. No, no, it's been great. I mean, a few of us in planning in Gerald Eve started it about 18 months ago. And the reason we did it was we'd always held female client events and we'd always had really good feedback from them. And everybody always said, oh, we should do this more often. And so we we sort of sat down and thought, well, we wanted to do something ongoing and that was sort of designed to work on an ongoing basis and designed to be sort of easy to do for for particularly for women. So we started a network using a web-based system called HopHop, um, which is really simple and, and easy to use. And so it's a sort of invite only and HopHop matches you with a different woman in the network every two weeks for a half hour chat at a time to suit you. And most are done virtually, but but really it's it's up to you whether you want to meet in person or, or do it virtually. And you could opt in or opt out, depending on how busy your diary is in any particular week. But I've always thought, found, even if my diary is completely packed out, which it is quite a lot of the time, um, that I can always find the 30 minutes. And all the chats have been absolutely worthwhile and enjoyable. And I've met a lot of great women through it, including yourself, Rebecca. (laughs) We had a very nice hop-hop chat uh, a couple of months ago. Um, And it's been growing. So we're we're pushing up to 200 women in the network now. Um, and and what, there's about 30 to 40 chats consistently happening every fortnight. And I think we calculated that we've made something like 400 introductions. And the feedback has been amazing. I mean, as I, as I said at the beginning, it's been so positively received. It's been great. And people sort of say, well, it's really simple, um, really easy to use, really convenient to suit your diary, which actually has been an important point that's come through because sort of old style networking was always fixed time, fixed location, usually after work, which is often difficult, certainly for women, but but also really, as we were saying, any 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 parents. Another theme that's come through from people is that it's not intimidating like networking events. So people are often feel intimidated walking into a, a room full of people they don't know. So they found this a much easier way to do it but also they've also said it's good because they're getting to meet people who then when they do go to those networking events they've got a friendly face in the room so again another another uh, benefit that's come out of it and then also just the mentoring benefits so we've got everyone from senior leaders 
to, to students and that sort of opportunity to seek advice or give advice or just support women in the industry um, has sort of has been really, really well received. So we're hoping and it'll keep growing. I've really enjoyed being part of the Hop Hop networking group for some time now. So I've been part of it for a handful of months. And I think I've only missed one week when I was on holiday. Very good. (laughs) Because you can always cut out half an hour a fortnight to talk to someone. And because it is remote, because you can choose what time is suitable for you, it gives sufficient flexibility that you can squeeze it in between other meetings. You can find a time. And I've met some absolutely fascinating women who've had such a wide range of careers. And yes, people who are senior like yourself. And the other week I was talking to a student and sort of talking her through my career. And it's fantastic to see all of these amazing women who are on our industry. And I do feel much less daunted walking into a room at property events now because there will always be at least one friendly face and it's much easier to walk up to someone and say hello and then join their group rather than standing in the corner and hoping someone talks to you. Oh, oh great. Well, it's fantastic to hear that you're you're having an equally positive experience from it. From from your experience then, I know that you've been so involved in so many different initiatives from um and also supporting and mentoring people both inside and outside um your organization. Do you think that companies in the property sector are doing enough to support women to get to the top? Do you think they need to be doing anything more? Any tips, suggestions? Yeah, I think I think they need to be doing a lot. I think they are. I think companies are doing a lot more now, but it's really, really important that that continues because we are seeing the benefits from it in terms of women staying in, in the careers and developing their careers and moving into senior roles. But it's still relatively early days. We've got to make sure that continues and, and keep supporting women in the industry. So yes, there's a lot of initiatives going on, but we've got to keep pushing those and keep investing in them. I mean, we've been doing huge amounts in the last sort of few years aimed at developing and supporting women. And we've had sort of bespoke training programs and I know other firms do as well. And I think the feedback we've had from those from, from, the, from the women who've been on them has been so positive. And as, as we've been able to see such a positive impact on their careers from them that we're certainly looking at developing those more and more. We've also appointed an Equalities, Diversity and Inclusion Manager recently who's looking at all areas of our business. So from recruitment processes to promotion processes and just making sure that everything is sort of genuinely inclusive and supporting women and others in fulfilling their career. So I think there's an awful lot that needs to be looked at there that we've probably always always done things a certain way in the property industry and actually we probably need what we do need to be looking at it differently now and I know a lot of firms have women's networks and we've we've also launched our own and that's been hugely popular internally uh, which is great and there's a number of committees now working with our HR team on all sorts of things from mentoring to networking Um, and we've been running networking events with some of the other uh, organizations like Ladies in Real Estate and Real Estate Balance, who are all also doing fantastic work in this field. And also recently talking to Vanessa Murray at Stanhope, who I know you've also had on the podcast, who's doing, I think, a fantastic job with Mentoring Circle. And, you know, we're, we're also talking to her about how we can potentially work with her as well more going forward. So yeah, long may all of these initiatives continue. It feels like there's definitely a good wind and a good backing behind all of these initiatives. And hopefully it will continue going because 
although we're moving in the right direction, I don't think it's sort of problem fix, move on territory yet. Definitely not. Um, got a long way, got a long way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose just to round up the podcast, it would be really helpful to know about any women who inspired you, whether professionally or personally, and how and why they inspire you and what you do. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really good question. And it's really hard, I think, to pinpoint individual women because I think all women I've come across in the property industry inspire me uh, for for doing what they do and achieving what they achieve in in what is still quite a a male-dominated industry. But I can name a couple that really spring to mind. One would be Coletto Shea at Lansac. I first worked with her when she was at the Mercer's company and she then moved to Lansac and went on to sort of really lead the way in the UK's biggest development company at a time when, certainly in my experience, there were very few female clients around. And so certainly I would say Colette and, and also, you know, for having the confidence actually and trust in me on the Herb Victoria projects, which was a game changer for my career. And it was also a game changer for Mosley and Webb and, and to some extent, Gerald Eve, um, in planning terms as well. Um, another uh, woman I've been working with a lot more recently is Deborah Saunt, who's co-founder of DSDHA Architects. And she is absolutely fantastic at um, standing up for women and calling out bias. Um, But she does it in such a great way, always with a smile on her face. No one could ever take offense, but she is, she's always absolutely on it. And I, and I, I always use her as an example when I talk to people internally about how you can go about dealing with issues that you may have in meetings or in, in difficult situations, but doing it in, in, a, in a way that has impact, but again, always with a smile on your face. And so, yeah, I, I look to Deborah a lot when it comes to how she reacts in those situations. And I think the other thing I really want to say as well is that the next generation of women, I think, are really inspiring. I mean, if I look at the women coming through the ranks at Gerald Eve now, they're really taking it on. And um, I think where my generation and above um, sort of tried to break down barriers and prove what women can do, you know, they're really tearing up the rule book and, de- and demanding change. And, you know, for certain, that's going to accelerate it. And I think it's really inspiring. I think it's really exciting for the future. It's a really exciting time to be in the property industry, I have to say. Before we go, do you have a top tip or key piece of advice for that next gen of women coming through the property ranks? Yes, I would say believe in yourself. I mean, going back to our discussion earlier, um, I think remember you are really good at what you do um, and have confidence in that. And also, you and you don't need to do it alone. Uh, you know, reach out, make your network, and um, tap into all these great initiatives that we've just been talking about that now exist you know, and, and and you'll go a long way. That's a fantastic point to end on. I think it's so important for people to back themselves and also to back other women and to let them back you. Um, that's been a really interesting discussion. And thank you so much once again for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come and talk. Oh, thank you, Rebecca.